God is here, amen? Oh, I love the presence of the Lord. Bless you for being here this holiday weekend. Labor Day, everybody needs a break every now and then, don't they? You're like the first service. I got one. The first service, I didn't get any. You don't need a break? I need a break. We need a break from our, our routine. We need, to, we need to break away from our routine sometimes. Happy Labor Day. Hope you all have a great day tomorrow. Hope it's good weather. I don't know if you know this, but me and Elizabeth pray for you guys regularly. It's good to know somebody's praying for you. I want you to know we're praying for you. And whatever you're going through, you're going to come out of it. One reason is because I'm praying for you. Another reason is God wants you out of it. You're coming out. I'm coming out. Want the world to know. Got to let it show. I'm coming. It's a prophetic song. I'm coming out. Come on, Tommy. It's two white boys trying to do a Diana Ross song. That could, could be funny. I think Israel did that on one of his albums, didn't he? Don't anybody answer. I'll just take that. Israel Hooten, one of the worship leaders at uh, Lakeland at, uh, what's his name, uh, Joel Osteen's church. He sang that song one time in worship. Has nobody, not, nobody ever heard that one, that version? A few of you. So don't, don't hang me, hang me out to dry because of it. I did last week, I did Lean on Me. Everybody seemed to handle that one okay, so. All right. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. I didn't say this at first service, but my wife can't stand that song. She can't stand it. She can't stand the double negative and the can't. She's like, honey, we're civilized people. I said, yeah, but can't nobody do me like Jesus. You know, it's funny how style or something will just set you off. Don't do that. That's what this whole change process is about, not getting set off. We'll know the Lord's moving in you when you can handle can't nobody and really worship too. She said, you're not doing that song. I said, yes, I am. I'm doing it. I like it. He healed my body and he told me to run on. You know, it's just very simple. But somebody get up running. Somebody that needs healing, get up. That person that got healed, that God says, take up your mat and walk, had to get up and walk. He could have laid there on the mat and been carried back out, but he didn't. Somebody received their healing today. I'm not here to spin my wheels. I'm here to see God move. You know, we kept singing that song, Jesus, 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 probably after the fourth or fifth time, it's like enough already. No! We probably didn't do it a tenth of the time we needed to do it. There is something about calling on the name of Jesus. And when it starts to penetrate your heart, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You know, every time that my wife gets woke up by my kids in the bed, my kids will come over to my side and everything's fine. Hey, kids, you okay? You know, I kind of wake up. I don't wake up perfectly. I'm not some, you know, perfect person. But they go over to Elizabeth's side and it's, Jesus! (laughs) And the kids are like, whatever bad dream I had, that was way worse. 
But there's power even in that, her waking up, and her first response is, Jesus. Something's not right. Jesus. I like that. It, it scares me half to death. I come popping out of bed. Is he here? <laughs> I love you. I do. I love you. The funny thing is, not everybody's going to like every song we do. But are, have you been changed? Is God changing you? It's where you can worship to the things that maybe you don't like. God would say, I didn't write that song for you. It was wrote for me. That song was for me. And there was a time when people said, can't nobody. You know, our, our translations and our Bibles have changed the way we talk. We've gone from King James to thus thou and now to everyday language. So it's okay to go back. I read out of the King James every now and then. Can't nobody. I'm going to have to pay for this one. I'm going to have an extra day at home to make sure I get things right for Labor Day. Hallelujah. All right. Are you being changed? Are you allowing the Lord to change you? You know, uh, click for me there, uh, Blake, if you don't mind. I don't think we do this enough. We have visitors here pretty regularly. The pastor that handled the offering and... uh, the uh, communion is Pastor Stephen. He's our youth pastor, Pastor Stephen Bilbrey. He's also our one of our administrative pastors, handles Sunday school. The lady that came up is my wife, Elizabeth Ramsey, and, and I'm Paul Ramsey, the senior pastor. We just don't introduce ourselves. We take it for granted that you know who we are. So good to meet you, and we're glad you're here. We're genuinely glad you're here. Church on the Hill, there's a lot of churches you can choose, but God has led you here today. And I want to tell you, God's led you here, so you'll change. (laughs) It's the truth. God's wanting you to change. You're not all you can be. God says, I am the God who sanctifies you. I am the God who sets you apart. I am the God that changes you into what I desire for you to be. This is God speaking, not me. I have the right to change you. I created you. Now let me change you. I am Jehovah Mekadesh. I'm the God that wants to change you into the person that you can be. I want to change you into the person that's going to accomplish so much more than you're accomplishing. I'm the person that wants to change you into being the husband that you can't be without me. I'm the God who wants to change you to be the employee that you can't be without me. And what goes along with that are the blessings of that employee. I want to change you into the Christian, into the the church member that you can't be without me. Without me, you're going to get offended. Without me, you're going to get upset. Without me, you're going to keep bouncing around. This is just in the church world, not to mention in your life, never planning anywhere. He says, I'm the God that wants to get you planted. That when the storm comes, you're not being uprooted every time something happens. That's what change is all about is getting you stable, firm, immovable. The kingdom of God will not shake. Everything else is going to shake. I want to be planted in the kingdom of God. Isn't that good? First service didn't get that. That's just for you this morning. Not that they didn't get it. I didn't say it. Are you you with me? 
gets confusing. can't remember which one I'm at sometimes. I am the God who wants to change you. We've been looking at five things. We've been looking at four up until now. Things, actions, steps to help you deal with this change process that God is wanting to do in you. Number one, five things to think about. Your spiritual life is a journey. It's not a microwave, pop you in like I did my muffin this morning for 15 seconds, and you're ready. Wouldn't that be nice? You come in Sunday morning, somebody gives you a little shot in the arm, and you go out, changed. It's not that easy. It's a process. It takes days, weeks, years. How many know from last week to this week, you're not completely where you're supposed to be? But we live in a society that we think it needs to happen right then or we quit. Man, this is too hard. I'm just going to go back to what I was doing. No, this is a journey. Realize we are on a journey. Number two, that we set our sights on the final destination. There is a destination, and that destination is to reflect Jesus, to have the character of God. Have you arrived yet? I have not arrived. I'm so far from arriving, but I see progress. Are you seeing progress in the last few weeks? Let me encourage you. I think you are trying all that you can to do. I I believe that our church is trying so hard to get on board with God. That's such an encouragement. We're not there. We're so far from being there. But we're trying. We're trying. And you know what? In God's eyes, I believe that's good enough. Number three, ask God to help you with your roadblocks. The things, the sin, the things that come at you, the things that just in the natural that come after you, that try to stop you either from pursuing God or from pursuing the right path. Sometimes roadblocks get us off track from God. God wants to help you through those roadblocks. He's not trying to get you to avoid them. Sometimes he does. But sometimes he wants you to go through them. I've said each week, I learn more from my mistakes than I do my victories. The problem with victory is pride seems to kind of want to jump on you. Man, I did good. There's there's something good about that to feel good about yourself. But then who gets the glory? Where does the glory go when you win? That's why so many times in our losses, we learn. God wants to help you in those roadblocks. And I believe that our church is coming to a point of desperation, of humbleness, of saying, I need you. Do you know when you get up in the morning and just pray, Lord God, help me today. I don't know that you ever pray that. I pray that every single day. It's one of the first things out of my mouth. I usually pray, Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me into all truth. And Lord God, help me with what I have to do today. That sounds basic. But what I've learned, I didn't know why I was doing it. I just knew I needed his help. But what happens is when I do that, I align myself under him. It is a humbling. Did you know when you ask for help, it's a humbling? It's hard to do it. Nobody wants to ask for help. But what happens when we properly align ourselves with God? God moves. When I ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit... On a regular basis. We talked about that last week. What is that? That's me saying, I need you. I can't do this on my own. I need you. What's happening? Kingdom alignment. And God says, I can't keep from blessing you when you're lined up with me. Blessings are flowing. You've just gotten in the path. Ask God. Learn to ask for help. Last week we looked at refueling. 
You know, if you're not connected, you're not going to work. We talked about the toaster oven. No matter how great the toaster oven is, if it doesn't get plugged into the juice, you are not getting toast. You can lay hands on it. You can shun die all over it if you want to. You're not getting it. You got to get plugged in. Should have bought a Honda. Still not getting toast. You've got to stay connected to the vine. You've got to be in the word. You've got to be talking with God. You've got to be building relationship with God. But we took it one step farther. That's not enough. You need the filling of the Holy Spirit. And not just one shot. You need to be continually filled. We saw in Ephesians to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't make it running on empty. You can't make it. Number five. Last one. Pause along the way. To celebrate. It's all downhill from here. This is all good. You know, this is something in my administrative skills that I struggle with. Because I am so forward watching that I do not stop to encourage what we've been through. I'm so looking to the next step that I don't even give any time to celebrate what we've accomplished. Whether it's a small thing or a big thing. But the Lord likes you going back, remembering what he's done, and thanking him for it. How do I know that? Because the one leper that came back and said, thank you for healing me. And how did he respond? How did Jesus respond? How did the master respond? Where's the rest of them? Where are they? God likes you to remember what he does for you. You know, we've seen with the children of Israel that they put those 12 stones and they leave those things there so that their children and their children's children will remember what God's done. It's good to remember what God's done. If you're a Christian, God is working in your life, whether you know it or not. He's working. You may be slamming on the brakes. You may be piled under a pile of roadblocks, but God is working in your life. We don't look ahead to see how far we have to go. We need to look back to see how far we've come. You know, when you look into the window of your soul, into the mirror of your soul, you can see that God's doing some changing. He is. Some reasons that you think he's not doing anything is because you're not looking. I guarantee you, if you go and look at where you were a year ago to where you are today, you can find Something that God's done in your life. Something. That's, that's funny for me to say because I couldn't, I couldn't, I don't think I could number just what he's done in the last year. Not to mention the last five years. Not to mention the last 20 years. More than that. Elizabeth and I have been married 17 years. I was more fearful of getting it wrong. I knew what it was. But I was sitting there thinking, if I get this wrong, I'm dead. Just how far she and I have come from when we were first met till now. You know, just, just try to look for God and you'll find him. You know, I know that God is working. I know that God is working. Let's look at Psalm 40. Oh, Lord, my God, you have done many miracles for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. 
something that's been so good for Elizabeth in my life, and I am not great at this, she likes to do this, is to set goals. Uh, Joe McGee talked about setting short-term goals, setting long-term goals. You know, every time we've done it, God's fulfilled them far beyond our, think, our time frame of thinking. And it's such, it's such a joy to accidentally stumble on that uh, goal list. And you, you haven't been looking at it, but a year ago, he's done it all. It's good for you to be believing for things, to be praying for things. And then you need to celebrate as you're, as you're going along. You, this here says with, with David that he can't even list them all. There's so many. I think if we'd pause just for a moment, we'd begin to see that God's working. Well, let me get practical with you. How do I know God's working in your life? It's very simple. One little, one little instance that I can see God working in your life. Every week I'm out here passing out gum. Some of the parents like that, some don't. But I can tell you, all the kids like it. Kids, kids love that. I've, I've heard of other kids that have gone on vacation, gone to another church, and the church got over with, and they go to their parents. Where's the gum? They have computed church to gum. Well, I'm proud of that. That's good. If they can make you come, even when you don't feel like it because they want the gum, then praise God. Get up and go. But when I'm standing out there every single Sunday, every single, without exception, someone comes up and says, Pastor, that was just what I was needing today. I, I can't plan that. In fact, so many times I sit here and think I can't get my words out at all. I go home frustrated. It touches somebody. And it's not me. I can't do that. I can't turn you around. God can. God's word can. God's spirit can. I can't. I can sit up here and say this, the right things every single week. But it's up to God to change you. You know, one of the greatest miracles I think that can ever happen is not healing, is not uh, breakthrough. It's repentance. I think repentance is one of the hardest things to ever do because it goes against everything in you to do it. And I can see repentive hearts coming out. Pastor, I'm in trouble, but I believe I can come out of it. That's how I know God's working in your life, is by what you're saying. Today, people are everywhere. People are going to be going, you know, Walmart's going to be wild Sunday, Monday, because of Labor Day. Everybody's off. Everybody's going to be at the lake doing picnics. When you're driving out of here and somebody cuts you off, I like to relate driving, road rage, because we just have it. It's just where it seems like the devils that we have in us come out when we're by ourselves in our car. Anybody else with me? Amen. But when somebody cuts you off and you just give them a little smile and a wave and bless them, Lord God bless them. You know what? Pause just a minute and celebrate. That may sound so simple. But that's not, that's not simple. God's done a miracle in you. Because a week ago, you'd have done something else. That seems like such a minor thing, but it's not. God is working in you. You know, if you're an overspender, don't anybody raise their hand. And you make it for a month in your budget. Stop and have a party. An inexpensive party. But have a party. Making it in a budget's hard. I don't like budgets. 
but budgets are there to help me. We'd better get a hold of something because the world's going to keep taking it and taking it and taking it. A budget's a good containment to know, okay, praise God, I know I can't get that this month. Stop, and let's have a party. Hey, we made it this month. Praise God. These things may seem so simple, but you need something to celebrate over. When you didn't make yourself look better at the expense of another person, stop and celebrate for a minute. When you come home from a business trip and you didn't put on that rated R movie or worse that you normally would, you know what? Have a party. When you take cash out of your business and you report it as income and not as some made-up expense, celebrate. You know, these things seem so minor, but it's the minor that's getting us. It's easy to, to know I don't need to go murder but can you make the small decisions? I believe if you learn to make the small decisions, the big decisions that come your way, you're going to make those right too. Those are actions of God working in your life, and you need to celebrate them. Every one of us in here is recovering from something. I, just this is just one, I am a recovering sinner. Recovering. Sinner. And I celebrate that. And I have to think about it. When I do something and normally my response would have been something else, I need to do a, thank you, Jesus. That's a miracle that a four-letter word didn't come out of my mouth, but another word came out, maybe even a blessing. I wouldn't even think of blessing somebody in that situation. But yet that shows you that God's changing you. And thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that I didn't bite my wife's head off for talking during the football game last night, running the vacuum cleaner during the UT football game in the room I'm watching the game. You know, and I know she knows. I know she knows what she's doing. But how do you react? That sounds so silly, but let me tell you, one of the greatest domestic violences that happens is during Super Bowl Sunday. That's a, that's a fact. I'm not trying to be funny. We have issues when it comes to us watching our TV. Somebody rejoice when you make it through a game with your wife. I'm not hurting your feelings, am I? You don't. <laughs> I am. I am thankful that I have a clean carpet. I'm starting to sweat. Let me move on. Thank you. But let me give you some homework. When you get out here this week and you have a situation that you make the right choice, stop and celebrate. It doesn't always have to be about uh, me coming down on you and ha us having these hard things to have to walk through every week. Stop for a minute and have a, have a party. Let's just celebrate for just a minute that we made it through that. And God helped us through that. You know, you're going to be at Walmart in the next couple days. And you get in line. You know, husbands, we get sent, uh, wives send us to go get little mundane things every now and then. And we got our two things. And we get lined up in the ten items or less item. And then there's somebody in front of us that's mathematically challenged. And, I mean, they've got, they've got two carts full. 
And when you make it through that by blessing them and not losing your temper, have a little party right there in the line. When you're at Starbucks and the people in front of you won't move out of the way, and you don't, you don't overreact. Do you hear me? Trying to get you right where you are. Stop, pause, and rejoice. You know, a good test of this is in Galatians 5. When the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want you to catch something here. The Holy Spirit desires to control our lives. And when He does, this is what shows up. And I can tell you that won't show up without God. Because my flesh wants to react the opposite. I think we have a need to change. There are times when when we'll act kinder in a situation than we did three months ago. Celebrate that. You know, if I can personalize this, try to put yourself, where are you in this journey? Are you at those roadblocks? Are you at realizing that this is a journey? You know, where do you fall? And I would ask you, put yourself in it. Try Try to line yourself up, where am I? Maybe you haven't even started this process yet. Maybe you're still checking out the prices of religion. What do they offer? What's that one going to cost me? I would encourage you today, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, today is the day to start. It is the first step toward you coming out of your hole. We have a nation that is falling in a hole. And they don't know Jesus. And they have no hope of coming out. If that's you, I would encourage you. It's time to come out. Maybe you're somebody that would just put a big smile on your face and say, man, I'm the poster child for sanctification. God is changing me at every direction. If I looked up in a spiritual dictionary the word sanctification, your picture would be right there. You know, I can tell you, I'm at, I'm at different levels. I'm, I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm, I'm, I'm at the roadblocks. I'm knowing God's changing me, but I'm having to realize it's not an instant gratification. It is a process. I fall. I feel like I kind of fall in them all. I feel like I fall in them all. Maybe you're at the roadblock stage and you're just learning to say, God, will you help me? You know, if today's the first day for you to give your heart to Jesus, let me tell you something. You don't have to take some special class. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to ask, act a certain way. All you've got to do is just say, Lord Jesus, I need a relationship with you. I'm a sinner, and I want you to save me. Save me, Jesus. Forgive me and give me a new life. And you know what? You can say that right now in your seat. You can say it when I ask people to come up to pray. You can say it in your car going home. But please, give your heart to him. Give your heart to him. It is the single greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. And he has never stopped helping me. Never. Never has he stopped helping me. At Church on the Hill, we want to partner with you if you give your heart to Jesus and help you. And I want you to partner with me. We are a family here. We are a church. We are a body. And we're here to help you. That's what church is all about. I hope if you came seeking the Lord, I hope you leave believing in the Lord. That you become a believer. And that you can 
And that you could say this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. They are not the same anymore for the old life is gone. A new life has begun. You know, at this point, the journey begins. At this point, the journey begins. And I will give you a new heart with a new and right desires. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony heart of sin and give you a new obedient heart. That is God's desire for us today. And maybe you're already saved. But has your heart gotten stony? Have you shut down? You know, we call this in the Baptist terms, rededication. And that sounds religious, and we want to turn and run from it. But I want to encourage you, run to it. I have rededicated my life in so many different instances. Even as a pastor, I come to a point of saying, God, I am not where I'm supposed to be. I'm turning around and coming back to you. Doesn't mean I've abandoned God altogether. But all we do is just turn sometimes. We just decide, I'm going to do this part on my own. And I have to rededicate my life back to him. Do that today. That is the change that God's looking for you. Just to step up, stand up and say, I've been off and I'm coming back to you. And allow this process to start back up again. Would you allow the Lord to change you? Would you allow the Lord to change you? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you that you are working in our lives and that we can be different people because of you. God, we have a need to change, to grow, and to be different. Lord, break into our hard hearts. Break into our hard hearts that want to say, well, that's just the way that I am. That's just the way that I am but that we might humbly submit to your standards, to your way, to your truth, and that your will for us to change us, to reflect the likeness of Jesus Christ, would start to, start to happen. Do your work in us that we might be different people as we leave here today.